Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Omali Yeshitela, who is chairman of the Black is Back Coalition for Social Justice, Peace, and Reparations. The website is blackisbackcoalition.org. He has agreed to speak at the upcoming April 4th uh, No to NATO, Yes to Peace events in Washington, D.C. The website for that is notonato.org. Chairman Omali is also chairman of the African People's Socialist Party USA and the African Socialist International and is the founder of the Burning Spear newspaper. See theburningspear.com. Omali Yeshitela, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. Uh, thanks for coming on. So tell us a little bit about the, the Black is Back uh, Coalition. Well, the Black is Back Coalition is an organization that was founded in September of 2009. Uh, we felt it extremely necessary to pull uh, this organization together. The coalition is an organization of organizations uh, and institutions and some individuals, but uh, after the election of Barack Hussein Obama, Obama, we found uh, so many people, um, uh, Africans and, and people, white people, etc., uh, uh, losing the ability to criticize the United States, States uh, policies, war policies, and other policies, uh, precisely because, or primarily because, uh, it now had a, uh, it was represented by a black face in the form of Obama, and. We felt that was extremely dangerous for a number of reasons, uh, not the least of which being that uh, historically uh, African people in this country have uh, been opposed uh, to war, uh, wars of aggression, and that uh, the uh, selection election of Barack Hussein Obama created a tremendous amount of hysteria in the African community with people uh, enthusiastically embracing him uh, as though uh, something new had happened uh, in terms of some tra transformation had happened in terms of the United States government itself. And not only were African people uh, ecstatic about his election and, and apparently unable to offer any criticism of Obama, the same was true of what is usually characterized as the peace movement or the anti-imperialist movement or the white left in general. This is what we found, and we thought it was extremely dangerous. And uh, another reason that the coalition came together uh, was because we found that the traditional peace movement or anti-war movement too often uh, overlooked uh, the kinds of wars that were uh, inflicting horrible damage and have been inflicting uh, uh, damage uh, and, and just terrible consequences on people around the world on an ongoing basis, not just occasionally. Occasionally, like in Haiti, like the indigenous people, uh, people uh, right here uh, in the Americas who nobody speaks of unless they happen to be in the room uh, where uh, they exist in concentration camps euphemistically referred to as Indian reservations. And generally speaking, we don't hear discussions about what's happening uh, in Philippines and on ongoing basis and, and various other places, including in the barrios and, and uh, so-called ghettos, uh, uh, that uh, African people occupy in this country. So we felt like it was extremely important uh, to uh, to intervene and to uh, contribute to a new definition of war and peace uh, as it was 
as as is as is applied uh, in this world and certainly uh, in this country. And uh, we have we also recognize that the historical uh, sort of divide, um, uh, parent divide, where uh, the that that sees a, a peace movement. Uh, anti-war movement that is uh, generally white, uh, even as we see uh, polls indicating that the majority of white people have been for various wars of aggression and the majority of African people have been opposed to them. We felt like there was a reason for that, and not the least of which was that the African people are constantly engaged uh, in struggle, in war, on a daily basis, and uh, we felt like uh, the question of peace had to be closely uh, associated with what's happening to African people. And we have an obligation to mobilize African people and others around questions happening to Africans here and other places around the world as a part of uh, the struggle for peace. And that, uh, so that's part of what uh, uh, brought us together. And so yeah. uh, that was in September 12th. We had our first meeting right in Washington, D.C., 2000. 2009, uh, and at that meeting in September, we uh, decided to hold a national mobilization at the White House, a march on the White House, a, a rally first and a march on the White House, uh, and this was the first national mobilization that occurred uh, against the Obama regime and the only black uh, national mobilization that criticized and challenged the Obama regime. So. Uh, that's some history. And then uh, there are some really noted uh, persons and groups that came on board uh, to participate in this coalition, uh, and it has lasted, has existed since then, uh, up to this point uh, where uh, the crisis uh, that uh, drew us into this uh, coalition uh, uh, has deepened uh, tremendously and is spilling over everywhere. Uh, that uh, contributes to even... Uh, the no to NATO, uh, yes to peace mobilization that's happening within the next uh, few weeks. I do remember when uh, Black is Back Coalition got started and, and speaking with uh, a friend of mine, Glenn Ford, about it. Uh, some, of your, some of your members and, and allies I have been in touch with for, for many years, and I remember Glenn remarking about a poll that was done, uh, I believe, about war in, in Syria. It, 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 it may have been the war in Libya, uh, but I think it was Syria, that, that for the first time in history, he said, uh, had found greater support among black people in the United States for a war than among white people, that it had yeah. never been that way <laughs> before. Yeah. Uh, is, the, is this sort of what's meant by the is back in the name black is back? That, that, the, is, that is sort of what's meant by is back. But, you know, another thing that happened that really... Uh, does not get generally recognized is that there was an incredibly significant uh, movement of black people in the 1960s that it didn't just go away of its uh, own volition, that uh, assassinations, uh, you know, removed Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and, and Fred Hampton and members of the Black Panther Party literally crushed uh, our movement. And what uh, replaced uh, the movement was uh, this substitute uh, kind of politic that Barack Hussein Obama is a tremendous uh, uh, reflection of, but not just Obama. I mean, we see it uh, even in um, the upcoming uh, election. We see people who are being put forth, uh, et cetera, but none of them raising the kind of critical issues that 
for black people that were being raised uh, in the 1960s. So what we said is the election of Obama, the general, the proclamation by so many uh, liberals, black and white, uh, that we had achieved uh, an end to uh, uh, the racial oppression in this country, uh, the, the black struggle sort of disappeared. And... Uh, was replaced in many ways uh, by the Democratic Party, and the Democratic Party is quite as it's kept. There's never been a revolutionary organization. And uh, so we felt like it was really critical to make that statement, uh, both to ourselves uh, as black people and, and to the world, uh, that it is possible to unite with the legitimate interests and aims of African people uh, in this country through uniting with this coalition. It seems like with Trump moving into the White House and replacing Obama, uh, one might have expected, and I had something of this expectation, that uh, finally putting a Republican in that office, and not just a Republican, but a white man and an openly obnoxious and vicious and racist white man, uh, all of that, all, all of that uh, sort of vanishing of the peace movement that happened in the lead up to Obama moving into the White House uh, would be undone, and you might see crowds in the streets again uh, against the wars. Uh, and uh, that expectation has, of course, been dramatically uh, disappointed thus far. How how do you explain uh, that 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 the peace movement really isn't back? Well, I think one of the real issues, and it's, it's, it's really interesting you should mention that, because um, what is war and peace and what's left and right in this country anymore? I mean, look at what we see, how the Democratic Party that has posed for uh, generations as the, uh, as the doves uh, and, and the Republicans being painted uh, as the hawks and uh, pro-war. And now what we see, uh, this really... What uh, is apparently a bizarre uh, situation where the uh, Democratic Party and many of the liberals are uh, protesting uh, the, the fact that uh, NATO is being challenged uh, by Trump or was being challenged by Trump, uh, protesting the fact that uh, uh, Trump uh, seemed at one point to uh, be cozying up uh, to Russia or certainly uh, trying to uh, revamp the relationship with Russia. Uh, now, uh, the thing with the uh, what they call North Korea. I mean, it's interesting that the, some of the uh, that this unity with uh, uh, right and left and opposition to uh, Trump's moves uh, in this direction. So, uh, I think part of what has happened is that it's a crisis of the system itself that made this election of Barack Hussein Obama necessary. It's a whole new direction uh, for uh, the empire. The, uh, I think we even uh, saw some evidence of it once Obama was in. We talked about the Asia pivot, and this uh, caused some tremors uh, among the traditional Atlanticists, as you know, the, the Atlanticists, which uh, gave birth to uh, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, United Nations, all this, the whole new, uh, the, that arrangement that has uh, generally uh, guided the direction of the imperial powers of the world uh, over the last 70 years. But it has been uh, tattered, it has been, uh, it's, it's been challenged in a very serious way, and Trump uh, was the most over, overt, uh, obvious uh, one to challenge that. And I think that the, the, the situation with Obama, you remember Obama was given a peace prize, and at the, uh, when he was uh, 
even accepting the Nobel Peace Prize, he made a war presentation. And I think it has confused a lot of people. Uh, what, what are we looking at? Who is the right and who is the left uh, uh, anymore? And, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that make, makes this coalition so important, because it's not enough to just uh, call for peace in our estimation, because George Bush uh, would have accepted peace uh, uh, if it meant that the people who were being bombed and killed would not fight back. They just wanted to be able to oppress and exploit the people without any kind of confrontation. And I think that's what we're looking at today, a whole social system that rests on a parasitic relationship with the vast majority of the world uh, in a world where uh, something like 80% of the people on the planet are trying to survive of uh, 10 uh, U.S. dollars or less and 50% trying to survive of $2.50 U.S. dollars or less. I think that uh, this, this, this parasitic relationship that the vast majority of the people on, on Earth uh, has enjoyed uh, with uh, America and with other imperial powers is what's being challenged. And I think, uh, unfortunately, that uh, the, from the left and the right, people uh, see their interests uh, 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 being challenged and uh, are confused. Many people, honest people, are confused about what stance to take. I mean, there's not a single liberal I've heard. I haven't heard any of the uh, the, the doves uh, uh, that's running for office, that's talking about running for office, uh, coming out in opposition to uh, the starvation that's being imposed on the people in Venezuela. Uh, the obvious coup attempt that's being made uh, there uh, and in various other uh, places. So uh, the peace movement is confused uh, when the question of peace uh, now uh, does not clarify whether one stands on the side of or in opposition to imperialism or the imperial arrangement uh, that starves and bleeds uh, the rest of the world for the benefit of, uh, of, of the U.S. Uh, and for much of Europe. We're speaking with Omali Yeshitela, who is chairman of the Black is Back Coalition. The website is blackisbackcoalition.org. Uh, I watched a, a speech that you gave, a video of a speech that you gave at, at Oxford in a debate uh, uh, on the topic of African unity and, and other topics. And it occurred to me that not just uh, Barack Obama was given a Nobel Peace Prize, but the European Union was given a Nobel Peace Prize while European nations were waging numerous wars, just not against each other. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's got a theory for peace in Africa, but they never seem to recommend what they celebrate in Europe, and that is union uh, of Africa. Uh, why is that? Well, because uh, if you saw the presentation that I made uh, at Oxford, uh, one of the salient points, I think, is the fact that the division in Africa is something that was done by Europe, uh, where European powers uh, in 1884 and 85 sat on a table in Berlin and, and split Africa up. And part of the reason they divided Africa, uh, uh, we've seen this process um, happening over and over again, leading to uh, the advent of the League of Nations and the United Nations, is that uh, they were attempting to avoid war among the imperial powers of the European powers by uh, doing what mafia uh, dons often do, sit at a table and divide up the pot and say, okay, share it out to each other. And so I think that's part of what we see. And so we have a situation where uh, the continent of Africa, something like uh, only 3 to 7 percent 
of what is called trade happens among uh, African people on the continent with the vast majority of resources going outward to Europe and other places in Africa, though bountiful in terms of natural resources and its potential uh, for agriculture, for, for hydroelectric uh, power, etc., uh, the African people in Africa and around the world are starving and living under horrible conditions because this is a process that feeds uh, the whole uh, imperialist uh, system. And that's, that's the thing that's going on. And uh, uh, so nobody talks about uniting Africa. Um, uh, and because the united Africa would mean that it would be impossible for uh, England uh, to be able to deal uh, with Nigeria at the expense of some other former colony that it has in Africa or uh, at the expense of one of the 14 uh, new colonies that France controls up to this day, taking 6 to 5 percent of the gross domestic uh, product off the top, uh, uh, Africa would be able to speak with one voice, just as China is able to speak with one voice. When England deals with China, it deals with one China. When the U.S. deals with China, it deals with one China. But when they deal with Africa, they can deal with 54 different Africas, uh, and that plays to the advantage of the imperialists and the disadvantage of Africa and African people worldwide. So that's why they won't uh, have it. And uh, it's really interesting because Kwame Nkrumah, who... Uh, the former uh, uh, president of uh, the uh, of independent of uh, the newly in, uh, uh, independent uh, Ghana uh, uh, really struggled for this united uh, Africa and uh, was overthrown, by the way, uh, by CIA by Lyndon Baines Johnson's uh, uh, CIA in 1966 because of the work that he had been doing and continued to do uh, to unite Africa. So. Uh, that that is a, a major contradiction that we are faced with, and I want to say that we're speaking. That's true of Africa, but it's true of oppressed peoples uh, everywhere. That it requires a tremendous amount of disunity for the imperialists to continue to suck our resources, and that's what's happening in Venezuela today. How uh, now they can play uh, Colombia uh, against the reactionary government of Colombia? The reactionary government. They know the reactionary government, even if they want to pretend that Colombia is just some neutral force. They know about what just happened in Brazil, uh, where the new president is, uh, has been characterized as fascist and somebody who uh, is uh, promoting the, uh, the destruction of the rainforest and, the, uh, and, and uh, crushing the indigenous peoples there. I mean, all of them are working uh, to, with the U.S. government, uh, with Trump, with the rest of them, uh, to... Uh, destabilize and overturn the government of, uh, of Venezuela. So this is extremely problematic. It's a problematic that even the people who claim uh, that they hate Donald Trump, they hate what he stands for, who claim that they are uh, opposed to the Russian, so-called Russian intervention in American elections, can stand by while uh, one guy stands up and says, I am now the president, and then the U.S. government can say, okay, he's the president, and round up a whole bunch of other folk to say he's the president, despite the fact that he never ran for the office. It's like Caesar crowning himself, uh, with the help, of course, in this instance of the United States government. So this, this keeping the people disunited uh, is a fundamental uh, uh, to the strategic control of the whole world uh, by the imperial powers. 
Uh, very well said. So, so NATO is now coming uh, on April 4th to celebrate itself in Washington, D.C., foreign ministers from NATO nations. Uh, and April 4th, to many of us, is a date on which Martin Luther King Jr. gave an anti-war speech and then exactly one year later was assassinated. What, uh, what do you make of, of NATO and, and of the significance of that date? I think I, I really appreciate you because many people don't recognize what happened on April 4th, 1967 at Riverside Church in New York where King uh, made an anti-war speech, but he also, in that speech, <clears throat> challenged his continued, uh, uh, questions, his continued ability uh, uh, to, uh, to uh, in the middle of all the struggles that Africans and other people were involved in, to, to uh, proclaim that that people had to fight nonviolently, as violent as America was uh, in the United States. And, and uh, it was a year to that day, as you mentioned, uh, April 4th, uh, 1968, that he was assassinated uh, in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, uh, during a strike struggle uh, by uh, black workers, the sanitation workers of that city. And uh, uh, the, this anniversary, and by the way, two days after his assassination, uh, as quiet as it's kept, uh, 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 young uh, little Bobby Hutton uh, the, from the Black Panther Party, uh, 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 I think 16 or 17 years old at the time, uh, was killed in Oakland, California. So assassination became the means by which uh, 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 a political criticism was, was happening in this country. You know, uh, and there's a whole array of assassination. Look at the Sixers. Looking at Malcolm, you're looking at King, you're looking at the members of the Black Panther Party. More than 30 members of the Black Panther Party killed in 1968 alone. So it was a whole terroristic war that was waged against our movement. That's why we have to say black is back, that you didn't succeed. And that yeah. Fred Hamilton was absolutely correct when he said you can kill a revolutionary, but you can't kill the revolution. So, so uh, King's anniversary in NATO the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, an organization of imperial powers, created as an organization of imperial powers that was uh, designed, uh, among other things, to uh, contain uh, what was perceived by many at the time uh, as the workers' uh, revolutionary uh, of, of, of the Soviet Union, obviously to contain the Soviet Union, uh, and also uh, to, uh, uh, to, to be this force that could continue to dominate the world collectively, have this collective military force of all imperial powers, and that's what NATO uh, was created for. And um, it's, it's been a horrible institution, uh, as you, you suggested about uh, what happened with Libya, uh, uh, the role Indeed. it played there, and it's been a terroristic organization, so even when it wasn't killing and destroying people, it was a horrible threat. Uh, that could be used against people like atomic weapons and the like. We, we, we've got just about five minutes left, and I really would love uh, at least your beginning of your answer to this question, uh, because it's something that, that makes building big coalitions difficult sometimes, and, and that is the research that people like Erica Chenoweth and Maria Stefan and others have done that have found that movements over the past century or so that have overthrown oppressive power have been over twice as likely to succeed, and those successes have been far longer lasting when they have been nonviolent. So what is the argument to advocate for violent revolution, even if it's less likely to succeed? Well, I don't think the question is to argue for violent revolution. I think the question is to argue for revolution, that the, the people uh, have to be free. And I think that we make a horrible uh, error 
uh, if we say that uh, there's a limit on what people can do uh, to, uh, to win their freedom, and then we also have to ask the question what success means. If success allows for the continuation of the same kind of social system that's bleeding everybody and bleeding uh, even no, no. the two countries, that's going to be extremely problematic. So I think those are questions that we have to entertain. And I also think that it's important for us to be able uh, to allow people who engage in genuine struggles uh, for liberation uh, to set uh, the terms of what freedom means and how they're going to achieve those, uh, that freedom and uh, not to uh, stand uh, on the wayside uh, saying that uh, we can uh, only accept your struggle for freedom if it happens on the terms that we think are moral and good. Well, I'm not talking about accepting or allowing or decreeing or giving orders. I'm, I'm talking about recommending and suggesting uh, what seems to work best is, is what might be most advantageous to use. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't challenging your observation when I said that. I wasn't, sure. I wasn't speaking to you, uh, the, you know, the individual, but uh, that has been... Uh, a contest that uh, has uh, pervaded our, our struggles, uh, at least since the 1960s, because there have been people who would consistently say that they could not support. There are people who said, there's uh, somebody who's locked up forever, been in, in prison forever, and uh, clearly framed up, but we can't support them because they advocated violence, or we can't su support freeing them. So I wasn't speaking specifically sure. to you, just the confrontations that this movement has had over the many years in trying to win our freedom. And when the, when the people uh, uh, in uh, Nicaragua uh, first uh, raised up in the 19, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, yeah, in the 1970s uh, to win their freedom, uh, we didn't know a single Nicaraguan. It didn't have to. We just knew they were fighting against the same kind of social system and that their struggle represented a, a crisis for that system. And so we turned over, all, that's the African People's Socialist Party, turned over all of the resources that we had to them, just as a matter of solidarity. We didn't question how they were doing. We did the same thing with the Palestinians, the same thing with the Iranians, everybody who's been involved in those struggles without trying to, uh, you know, uh, say that they had to believe what we believe. We just knew that they had a right to make that struggle, and we didn't set, try to set the terms for them. Now, this is, again, not a suggestion that, that that's what you said, but what, what I'm, I'm responding to it from my perspective and how, how we view uh, things. I think, that's tr I, think I, can, I, I know that's true of the African People's Socialist Party, and I suspect that's generally true of, uh, of uh, the coalition as well. In fact, I know it's true because of uh, various principles of unity that we've created for the coalition. Well, we are very much looking forward to these events in April uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, people can find out more at notonado.org. Uh, Chairman Omali Yeshitela of the Black is Back Coalition will be uh, speaking there. Uh, we've got just about one minute left. How can people find out more, support what you're doing, get involved with uh, Black is Back? Well, I think you mentioned it. They should go to blackisbackcoalition.org. And you can find out everything about us. And I, I'm calling on everybody to come out uh, for the No to NATO, Yes to uh, Peace uh, mobilization actions that's going to be happening uh, uh, during that, uh, that uh, period of, uh, of the 4th, 3rd, 4th, and, and I think something even happens uh, earlier than that. And we're calling on people to come out. We're certainly trying to get 
as many Africans as we can uh, uh, to come out and participate uh, in that. Uh, so just go to uh, blackisbackcoalition.org, and you can find out all information about us and upcoming events that we engaged in, independent of or separate from uh, the No to NATO Yes to Peace mobilization. I want to thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to, uh, to speak to your listeners and, and also for how gracious you've been in terms of, you know, handling uh, clearly some differences that we might have. Thank you so much. Uh, wonderful. Uh, thank you to you. Uh, again, the website for Chairman Omali Yeshitela's Black Is Back Coalition is blackisbackcoalition.org, and there will be events all the way from March 30th through April 4th in Washington, D.C. Go to notonato.org. Uh, Chairman Omali, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, Please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.